Hey there, sister. Today, we're going to take it down a notch and be really serious and move a little bit away from the fashion side of things and talk about Mental Health Awareness Month and some reflections on identity, our self-image, and comparison and how it hurts us in this modern digital age. Hey there, lovely. Welcome to Personal Style for Christian Women. Are you tired of walking into your closet and feeling like you have nothing to wear? Do you feel frustrated when you look in the mirror and feel frumpy and icky in your clothes? Do you want to build a wardrobe that is authentic, timeless, and easy in a way that honors God and His plan for beauty and femininity? Hey there, I'm Stacy. I'm a crazy busy homeschooling mom of six. I used to look in the mirror frustrated and uncomfortable in my clothes and wish that I could just look and feel good and maybe get a compliment from my husband. I wanted to have fewer clothes that I really loved, discover my personal style to feel joyful and creative, and appreciate my body at every size and stage. But I was terrified what people would think if I dressed for myself and let go of trends and expectations. Then I discovered how to have confidence in the way God created me and His plan for beauty. In this podcast, you'll find style tips from color to body type, the magic of having less with a capsule wardrobe, and biblical mindset tips so you can bring your inner beauty to the outside. So go put in your favorite earrings, fix that hair, and let's dig in. Do you wish there was a way to explore who you are and how God created you outside of all of the noise of culture and mainstream media? Imagine if you had a safe community of women who were going through the same things, doing the same self-discovery and felt like you found a place to be happy, where you could fit in, and just receive support. That is why I created our private Facebook community, where you will find Christian women just like yourself, who are learning to embrace who they are, who God created them to be, and how to translate that into their clothing choices, their fashion choices, modesty, style, all of these things that we strive for as Christian women. So head on over to christianstylecommunity.com and join us today to be part of what many of those inside call the best community on Facebook. Hey there, so it's Mental Health Awareness Month. And to be completely honest, I didn't really have any intention of addressing this um, until I got an email last week or so, and it had some interesting statistics on it. And it just made me realize that this is an area that we definitely do need to talk about because so many of us as women are struggling with this. Um, And before we get into this content, I just need to add a disclaimer that I am not a mental health professional of any kind. I'm not a health professional either. Um, This is not an area of expertise for me. So what I'm going to be sharing today is opinion and my own personal experience. If you are struggling with mental health, please, please speak with your health provider or mental health professional. Seek wise counsel and take this episode as just the musings of somebody who has been there. Because here's the thing, I have been there. I have a history of depression when I was in my 20s um, and anxiety as well. As a mom, um, I have struggled with anxiety quite a bit. Um, Very high functioning, but almost debilitating at times anxiety, especially around the safety of my children um, and things along that nature. Um, I also have been prone to postpartum anxiety um, after multiple children, which often manifests as rage, which is not pretty. And this last this last baby, baby number six, I actually had postpartum depression for the first time. And I didn't realize it for a long time. And when I finally did, it was a huge 
just shift to see what had gone on in my head and the state I had been in and how different it was from who I normally am as a person. And on top of this anxiety and depression at times, I also have PTSD from a couple of traumas, two separate traumas that have happened um, in my life, one old and one more recent. So I know what it's like to struggle with these areas of mental health. Um, and I know that when it comes to talking about this from a religious perspective, a lot of times it's not given the proper attention it deserves. And a lot of times it's not given the proper professional attention that it deserves. Um, I know that sometimes people have been hurt by others who have said, oh, well, you just need to pray harder or have more faith or et cetera, et cetera. But I find that really insulting a lot of times to people who are struggling and need more help than prayer and more faith is going to give them because we don't tell diabetics, oh, just pray a little bit more and don't take your insulin, right? And the reality is that mental health is a disorder that often does need more intense treatments and therapies. So I want to talk about this email I got a while back and what it said. I'm just going to kind of read it out loud to you because it's what got me on the path of this episode today and thinking about these areas that I want to talk about in regards to ourselves and maybe a little bit about our daughters too. Um, Mother's Day was just this last weekend um, and I have a daughter and this this really, really triggered me the other day. Um, it was a survey on youth risk behavior and it was talking about teenage girls and said that 30% of girls said that they had seriously considered suicide in the past year, and 24% said they had an actual plan to end their life. 16.4% um, of youth reported experiencing a major depressive episode within the last 12 months. Um, and this news, they said, comes at a time when adults are feeling so lonely that the U.S. Surgeon General has declared loneliness a public health emergency. And so I want to think about, I want to kind of unpack some of these things um, because I know that as adults, like we are also experiencing levels of anxiety, depression, um, struggles with our own mental health. And I think that we can actually look into the world around us and attribute it to some very specific things, to be honestly, to be honest, excuse me. But these stats on what's going on with our youth, I think illustrate the same problems that we as adult women are also experiencing um, and just feeling lost in a sea of overwhelm from media, culture, a lot of different dissenting voices. And so I'm really going to touch on these things today. So the first thing I really want to talk about here is this concept of identity. And it's possible I could rub some people the wrong way with this conversation, but I'm going to try to keep it pretty um, above level and nice um, for the sake of conversation. Um, but the question I want us to really consider is, are we fighting against who and what God called us to be? And it's really interesting because I want to look up the definition of identity to really get a grasp on it for this episode. And what I found is exactly what I'm talking about here. Um, the condition of being oneself or itself and not another, right? So most of us don't think about being two people or three people, but one of the definitions of identity is literally just being one person. Um, the state or fact of being the same one is described. So there's a little bit of that talk of authenticity here, right? Of being who you think you are or who you say you are. Does your aka identity align with that internal dialogue? Um, the sense of self providing sameness and continuity and personality over time. And it says, and sometimes disturbed in different types of mental illness. So 
the definitions itself are literally telling us that having a crisis of identity, not knowing who we are, um, can lead to mental illness. And I think that in our current culture, um, we live in a culture now that says that you can be anything that you want to be, but that is not a biblically factual statement, right? God says that you are exactly who he created you to be. Um, and I think that we can go beyond just the biology here and a very, like I said, sensitive topic in today's culture um, that I'm not really going to go too deep into. But I think that we can go beyond here just the idea of God created you male or female um, this way. And to think about like what the Bible says is our identities are in relation to that biological creation, right? Like God created men to be a certain way biblically, to be providers of the family um, and to be have certain personality characteristics that help them to be um, the leaders of their home, the leaders in the church. And then women, of course, were created to be complementary to that. Um, We have our own strengths, and that doesn't make us less than. It makes us worthy and equal. But the reality is that we live in a culture which often tells us that we should be, especially as women, that we should be everything, right? Um, Simplistically, from a biblical perspective, God called many of us to be wives and homemakers and mothers. Um, Three fairly simple things. Of course, you can go into Proverbs 31, for example, and see that she is a lot of things going on. But at the core, she is a wife, a homemaker, and a mother. And I think that sometimes we get confused because there are so many voices telling us that we need to be a lot of other things, right? Um, And some of you have to work. um, Some of you have to bring in income. And so that is also part of your identity. But we're supposed to have hobbies and we're supposed to do self-care and we're supposed to have 50 hours in the day to do all of these things that make up our approved societal image or identity. And I think that we get trapped up in this concept because we're trying to create an identity that is too much, overwhelming, and is out of line with what God primarily created us to do and called us to do. And so there's the question, right? Are we fighting against who and what God called us to be? So what did God call you to? What has he called you to in your life? Are you fighting against it? Are you running away from it? Is this disconnect and this dissonance causing some of your struggle, some of your anxiety, um, some of your depression because you feel like you should be one thing, but you're not that thing? Um, And these are questions to examine and think about um, from a, a biblical perspective. And so the second area that I want to talk about is the area of image and self-image. And this is a big word for me because as an industry, we are considered, you know, those in my profession are considered to be image consultants. Um, And image is pretty much everything, again, similar to identity, but it's all of the things that make you who you are on the outside. It's what you're presenting to the world. Um, If you think about something like McDonald's, right, the golden arches are a huge part of their image. It's a well-known icon. And so who we are on the outside is really a similar type of branding experience. Like we are our own personal brand. We are presenting an image. And I always tell people, you are presenting an image either intentionally or unintentionally. So It pays to be mindful of what you're displaying to people and the image that you are presenting. And in this case, I want to tell a story of a girl I knew over a decade ago. Um, And she was the most radiant person I've ever met. Like, literally, you could see Christ in her. It was so, like, she just shined. She glowed. Every interaction with her 
was like a beacon of Jesus inside of her. And I've never to this day met anybody who did that the same way. Um, And it was just stunning. And it left such an impression on me because, and and I've lost touch with her over the years, but it's interesting to me when I think about image we're projecting, an image of who we are, like, right, we're supposed to be the image bearer of Christ. Um, In Genesis, if you translate it into the Latin when he's talking about creation, um, he created man and woman in the image of God, and it's called imago Dei. And it's a phrase that comes to my mind all the time, thinking about um, the work that I do with clients and who we are as women and how to bring those two things together under a Christ-like umbrella um, and thinking about like, what does it mean to be the image of God, to be the image bearer of Christ? I have a quote here about this, and it says, the biblical passage does not imply that God is in a human form, but that humans are in the image of God in their moral, spiritual, and intellectual essence, right? So I'm not trying to give God any anthropomorphic attributes here, right? That's not what we're trying to do. We're talk- trying to talk about how God created mankind to embody his essence, right? We talk about essence in another area, but really it's that whole idea of essence, like all that we are internally, that identity thing that we talked about earlier. So back to back to this girl I knew. Um, it's really interesting because I knew her, I met her when she was engaged, and then I knew her when she got married. And then unfortunately, I found out um, many years ago that she had gotten divorced. And it was really interesting to me because I almost feel like that radiance about her, that just very obvious Holy Spirit, Christ glow that she had almost dimmed a little after she got married. And I don't know the ins and outs of the situation. I have no idea, right? But it got me to thinking about the fact that we, again, this is back to that thing of what we're doing in society. Like we're doing all these things. We're, we're wifing and we're momming and we're cleaning and we're running the errands and we're doing all of these things. We're so busy. We're trying to fulfill the standard that really is impossible. Um, back to the Proverbs 31 woman, like she had servants, right? We look at her and we think, oh, she's this paragon of like, domestic perfection. But if you read the passage, it's very clear that she had household servants who helped her do a lot of these things, right? She was not doing this alone. And if you look at some of the other biblical paragons of womanhood, like they have a village, right? And we don't really have that nowadays. Um, And so we're out here oftentimes in the boat alone, rowing along, trying to do all of the things. And so what I want to think about here is are you doing the things? Is the image that you're portraying, this person that you are, is it because you're doing too many things? Like too many things that you maybe shouldn't be doing all of them. Um, I am not a natural yes person. I'm actually more of a no person. I find it easier to say no to a lot of things than to say yes to everything. But I know that many high achieving, high functioning women, especially those um, who are struggling with anxiety specifically, um, tend to say yes to a lot of things. And I think that it dims who we are, right? It diminishes who God is calling us to be because we're so distracted with everything else. So how is that image going for you? Do you feel like the image you're presenting is authentic and accurate with who God called you to be? Or do you feel like there's a disconnect? And is that disconnect one of the areas that's causing you unhappiness and discontent in your life, Um, creating extra anxiety, um, causing you to feel less than, get into these negative feedback loops um, where you feel like you're not measuring up and you're not good enough and you're not adequate because you can't keep up with Sally down the road who's got um, a 4,000 square foot house that's Pinterest perfection and she makes homemade cupcakes for every birthday, you know, Um, which really brings me to the third thing that I want to talk about, which is this area of comparison. Now, I'm going to give away my age here a little bit when I talk about this. But um, 
I think so often about what my life would be like if I had grown up in the social media age. (laughs) And I don't even want to think about it. Um, I have enough problems and I have enough anxiety and depressive history here to know that I don't even, as an adult, social media has been such a hard thing to manage. I can't even imagine trying to manage it with an underdeveloped adolescent brain, right? So interestingly enough, though, we had the internet at my house when I was 17, I think. So my senior year of high school, we had the internet and it was old school. It was AOL dial up. You know, you hear that sound in your nightmares <laughs> because I still do too. You think about how slow it took. And I'll be honest with you, back then, um, that, you know, there were mess chat rooms and things like that. But I was really into this one website called Open Diary. And I had to like check my memory to make sure I had that right. So anyways, basically, I've been a blogger for like the last 25 years. Um, and it was weird because it was this platform for blogging, but it wasn't blogging. I like, think of it now like helpful articles, right? It was literally just like personal diaries. And I met all these strangers and shared all this personal information in a way that, you know, now you look back and you think, oh, why would I do that? But we're still doing that, right? We're still doing that on Facebook. We're still doing it on Instagram. We're still sharing all of our thoughts and images and all of these different things. Um, and it brings me to the thought of comparison, right? Like back then it wasn't, I don't know, I didn't think about comparison because everybody was just, I guess everybody was in their feels all the time um, on Open Diary. Everybody had problems and we were just airing them out there. Um, and you, you didn't see all the images of perfection. And for me, like as an adult, I guess, I guess something that really has been hard for me as an adult is the I, just Instagram in general, right? I was not an early adopter of Instagram. Um, I just never really got on there. I don't know. I've always been more of a Facebook kind of person. Um, but I set up an Instagram for my business when I first got started. And it was this thing that I, I tried a little bit to like play their game and do their rules. And I found that Instagram was a massive trigger for me, like so much that I would go on the app and I like immediately scrolling, I would go down a rabbit hole of negative thoughts, negative feelings, comparisons, what ifs, like it was terrible to the point that I do not even open Instagram anymore. I don't use it for my business. I find it to be incredibly damaging, but I also don't use any other social media hardly at all either, right? I don't use TikTok. Um, I, I couldn't even tell you what other social media apps are actually trending at this point. And maybe that's because I'm old. But it's also because I recognize that what is going on there is literally, we talk about it, it's the highlight reel, right? People's lives. You're seeing the best of the best, what they want you to see. Um, you're not seeing the negatives. You're not seeing the fights with their husbands. You're not seeing their kids yelling at them. You're not seeing the messy rooms in their house. Um, You're not seeing all of that stuff. And I think that spending too much time on social media or spending too much time anywhere that you're laden with images um, of perfection, aka quote unquote, air quote perfection, right? Um, You are literally feeding your mental state like negative, like you're feeding your mental state negativity constantly. Um. And I don't know what app it is for you. I don't know if it's Instagram or Pinterest or TikTok or Facebook. I don't know what you're looking at, but I can guarantee you that if you're spending any time at all on there, you're seeing things that are making you feel awful. And so what I would really like to encourage you, especially in this area right here of comparison, is to try a short social media blackout, right? 
Um, try to step away from if w- try to step away from the one that's triggering you the most. Do it for a week, right? Just um, take the app off your phone, stay out of it. Um, don't let the world. And this is generally an overview of this whole conversation. Do not let the world tell you who you are. Don't let them tell you who you're not. Um, focus on what you were created to be. Focus on who God called you to be. Stop worrying about what everybody else says you should be doing and focus on what God wants you to be doing. And it's going to be different for each of us. You know, we all have our own strengths and weaknesses and God's called us to different small things in our life. Um, But for many of us, the big things are going to be the big things, right? And that's where we need to be spending our energy um, and not focused on whether or not we have the latest trending quartz countertops or our shoes are you know, $200. I can't imagine living, I can't imagine being a teenager in this culture right now. Um, back to those statistics, I it, it's terrifying. You know, I have daughters and I have sons and it will be a long, long time before I allow them access to social media because I want them to know, going back through what we talked about today, I want them to know, A, that their identity comes from God, and I want to be the hedge around that learning experience to tell them, um, this is what God says, this is who God created you to be, so that they're not confused about their identity, and they know where it comes from, who the source is, and they can tune out those external discussions about what it is. And second, know that like they are an image bearer of God, and that they were created for very specific um, callings that they are going to be given and not to get caught up in too many things that are not a good use of their time and their energy and their callings and their strengths. Um, And then also just to stop that comparison, right? Um, I feel fortunate in a way. I feel like COVID gave us a blessing along with having several babies during this time period that we just stopped so many socialization activities and and that's good and bad obviously it's a different conversation but um you know i'm grateful that we spend so much time insulated with other families who raise their kids similar to us and have similar belief systems to us and we're able to just keep our kids um from avoiding the comparisons that are so rampant in society um And so I want you to take this and think about it. Think about it for your children, but also think about it for yourself because the problems are the same, right? Just because we're adults and just because our brains are aka fully developed doesn't mean that we are not subject to these same areas of questioning and doubt. And they begin to feed our anxieties and anxiety over time can feed depression. And so I just want to encourage you that um, if you're struggling with these things, in relation to your mental health, um, look at ways that you can reduce the comparison-itis, right? Look at ways that you can go back to the truth of who you are um, and dig into what God says about you and who God says about who God says that you are and what he created you for specifically. And again, I do want to make note that this topic is, um, it feels a little crazy. I felt like I rambled a little bit um, because it's deep and it's heavy and it goes into a lot of things. And again, I'm, I'm not a mental health professional. I'm just a mom who has anxiety and depression and PTSD and still has to function and, you know, follow Christ and do the best I can given each day and what hits me in the brain each day, right? Um, but it is my responsibility to look at the life that I'm living and try to actively manage some of the things that I know are causing me harm. And that's really what I wanted to share with you today is that these are the things that I have found to be 
more harm than good in my own life and that regardless of where my baseline mental health sits, these are things that are damaging to it. Um, And, you know, mental health is a complex scientific thing about brain chemistry and and all this other stuff, right? But, um, But we are, as Christian women, called to be set apart, called to be different. And even if we, including myself, are struggling greatly with anxiety, sometimes to the point where it's hard to take my kids to the park because I'm afraid they're going to die by falling off the slide. Okay, that's what it's like for me. Um, and, and I still have to fight that and I still have to give that over to God. And I still have to let that go and pray about that and just trust that he is good and it's out of my control. Um, and I know that some of you have anxieties about your kids that are way bigger than that. Um, but that is not really the heart of my, my content today. That's not really the heart of this podcast. The heart is being an active manager of the things we can control and the things that we know are damaging and harming to us and contributing to our mental health, our depression, our anxiety, all of these things that we're thinking and feeling and putting a cap on that, like being the one to say enough is enough. I am not going to let these things make my situation any worse than it already is. Um, I'm going to just stop them. (laughs) I'm going to let them go and focus my energy on the things that do make me feel better about who I am and make me feel content and at peace with who God created me to be. On that note, I am ending today with a prayer. Lord, I ask you to please give peace and compassion to all of the women who are suffering with mental illness. Um, We know that you created everything good and perfect, and this is just one of those things that is a result of living in a fallen world that is marked with sin. And it is just one of those thorns in the side that many of us have to wake up every single day and we have to push through and lean on you and let you be the author and perfecter of our faith, Lord. Um, And we know that you don't, you do call us to everything that we can't handle, but the purpose is to make us lean on you and realize that you are our true strength and that you are the only source that can get us through these difficulties in our life, Lord. And so I pray abundant peace and blessing on these women. Um, If it is your will, Lord, if you choose to do so, Lord, I pray for healing over those who are struggling with mental health because we know that Jesus never refused a healing and he was always willing. And so I pray that if there are those seeking healing, that you would be willing, Jesus, and that you would touch them and improve their lives. Lord, I thank you for a community of women who is beautiful and strong and passionate about following you, who blesses me every day and helps me to see that even though we're all different, we don't have to struggle from comparison-itis, that we can be beautifully unique, each in our own ways, and be content with who you created us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey there, gorgeous. Before you go, if this episode inspired you and helped you to feel more confident, I'd love for you to leave me a written review on Apple Podcasts. Second, hop on over and join the free Facebook group at ChristianStyleCommunity.com where you'll find Jesus-loving women just like yourself learning about style and building a dream wardrobe. Get dressed. Be radiant. Be radiant.